Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Thank you all. It's good to be together. We have a busy morning this morning. They're always very busy mornings, aren't they? But um, we have a busy morning this morning. You're going to, I have uh, 15 minutes, so my alarm's set, and uh, then we're going to get Tash. Tash is going to do, um, we're, we're, this is our all-in Sunday. So last week we shared about refocusing our vision that we give in September. And so what this morning's all about is how, how can we all be involved? Because we're not really into just people coming and attending and numbers and all of that. It's really important that everybody gets involved, that everybody gets to play in this. And so this year, you probably will find around our morning teaching and our evening teaching this verse, the Great Commission, of course, is known as. We'll, we'll make reference to this a lot because we're looking at the whole theme of disciple and how to follow God in all the ways of our life. So making disciples, baptizing people, and teaching are going to be our whole ethos. Dave's going to kick off tonight with our new evening theme called 166. So I leave you in suspense with that. That's going to be a really good thing. Now, it's really important that we, when we come to church, it's easy sometimes in a church our size. It's easy to sit on the fence a little bit. It's easy to sort of you know, play it safe a little bit and sit on the perimeter and maybe not get involved as much as one maybe would like. And, and so mornings like this are mornings where we, it's a rally cry. It's sort of, it's all hands and deck. It's, it's, let's, let's do this. And so what I want to do is I want to share three stories from the Bible you'd be glad to hear really, really quickly. All right. So we're, we're going to do this in, in just uh, under 15 minutes, all right? The first story is found in 1 Kings 17, and it's the story of a woman who was a widow. This woman, her husband had died, and she had a son. And right at the time of the story, it's sort of Israel's bleakest hour, and there's a famine in the land, and this woman is about to make her final meal. This is the, the, the story. You can read it all in, um, in 1, 1 Kings 17. And uh, she'd nowhere else to go. She had a little pot of flour and she had a little jar of oil, the Bible tells us. And uh, when we meet this woman, she's in the city gates and she's gathering sticks to make a fire for her funeral meal. And, and this stranger, who we know because we are reading the story, she didn't know this, but this stranger came to talk to her and his name was Elijah. We know him as the prophet. And Elijah asked her for a, a drink of water and... Um, and, and, and he, he takes his request even a little bit further, and shockingly, he asked this woman, who is nothing but a little flour and a little bit of oil, to bring him some bread and water. And now, I could imagine what that woman was thinking, you know, bread, are you kidding? You know, I'm about to make our last meal. And so she explains this to him. She explains this in verse 12, 1 Kings 17, and she tells him that she's about to make her final meal. She's just got a little flour left a little bit of oil, and she's making a final meal. There's nowhere else to get food, and so um, this is what she's about to do. Elijah then goes on, and he tells her this. He says, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, the King James puts it, and the jug of oil shall not be empty. So 
Elijah gives her a sort of a promise, a sort of a preempted promise that if she gives him this meal, that God will supply. And of course, the story concludes, without me um, unpacking the story too much, the story concludes that after she did this, it says that she and her son ate the rest of the whole famine. Doesn't tell us how long that was. It could be weeks. It could have been months. It could have been years. I don't know. But it they, they actually got. So this woman had a choice to make. She was in the middle of making a massive choice. Do I do this or do I do this? She, and, and it's one of those sort of biblical, big biblical decisions in the Bible that sort of determine the narrative of this story. And, and will the widow do what makes sense and keep the oil and bread for herself? Or, or will she entrust the last thing she has on earth to the care of the creator of the universe. What will she do? And, um, and this dear widow at the end of her rope, she chose to make the prophet the requested cake. And, and, and the incredible thing about this is she goes back into the kitchen. And when she goes back into the kitchen, she realizes that after she's made the cake, the little pot of flour is still full. And she's used the oil, but the oil, the jug of oil is, is, is filled again. And this is quite incredible. And she makes more bread. And when she goes back into the kitchen, it's full again. And this goes on and on and on. It's quite an incredible story. And um, it sort of lines up with a verse, one of my many favorite verses in the New Testament, Philippians 4.19. And it talks about this out of the King James, that my God will supply all your needs, supply or resupply, whatever you want to take out of that. But he will supply or he will resupply all of your need according to how you feel, according to how much you have in your bank account, according to your status. No, no, no. According to his riches and glory. Now, imagine it like this, that God, that behind me is all the storehouses of God, and you are before me. It says that my God will supply all your need out of his riches, out of his economy, not out of what Brexit says. Thank the Lord for that. Not out of what's going on in the American um, politics of the men, not what's going on in the world, but out of his riches, out of his storehouse, he is going to supply all of your need. It's quite an incredible thing. Now, um, any idea where all that comes from? It's, it's incredible, the storehouse. Now, I want to talk to you about two people really quick. I'm going to call them John and Jane, all right, so I won't get blamed of, of being um, male chauvinist, all right? So John and Jane are in every church you go to. John and Jane are in this church this morning. They're here. They're sitting probably a row apart. And John is, 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 is very planned. John has a plan from A to B in his life. And John thinks that um, he's done his degree. He's, got his, he's very smart and he's got a good job and he's earning now 20, 30, 40,000 pounds a year. He's got a good job. And he reckons that to get to retirement, which is his B, he reckons to get to retirement, it's going to take X amount of pounds. So he's everything planned. He knows how much he's going to put into his pension. He knows how, how much the food bill is going to be each week. He knows how much he's going to set aside for his kids' university fees. He has all this worked out. And he knows to do this, 
It's going to take 100% of everything he earns. He's going to be very, very astute with his money, and he's going to make sure he's going to give everything in this uh, to be. Jane is every bit as smart, really. Jane is sitting in the room, and she's also very planned, and she, she's got an A to B plan as well. I did that in the first service as well. I don't know why I did that. But she's got a plan in the A to B as well. And so she's very strategic. She knows exactly what she's going to do. She's got her finances all worked out. She knows what her retirement plan is going to be. But Jane um, knows a biblical principle. Jane has decided after reading the story that I've just read to you from 1 Kings 17 that she can do this on 90% of her her, her salary, because what happens when she does this, it actually opens her up to a whole new world. I call it the sea world. See what God can do. And, and, and the thing about John and Jane is, as I say, they sit here, both of these people think each other's a fool. John thinks Jane is totally stupid, thinks she's an idiot, actually. Why in the wide world would you give 10% of your hard-earned money because John has no idea of what the sea world. He has no idea of the supernatural supply of God. He has no idea. And, and the sad thing about it is, he will never know it. He will never know it. He'll have his 100%. He'll live his little life. And he'll never open his heart to the supernatural blessings of God. And God's not stuck for his 10%, by the way. But he is just going to miss this whole world. He's going to miss this. This, this woman opened herself up to supernatural supply because she gave when it didn't make sense to give. Now, when I talk about this this morning, I'm not just talking in a morning like this about giving financially. I'm talking, we're talking about serving. We're talking about praying. We're talking about uh, living this out with our life. Second story. Um, and, and around the same time in the Bible, we stumble on a king. He's called King David. Most of you will know him as the guy who killed Goliath, 1 Kings 17. And he killed, a, he killed a giant with a rag and a rock. He is an incredible guy, this guy. And he, was, uh, he wasn't chosen because he could sing or dance. He could do both. But he was chosen because he could fight. He was a warrior king. All right? And later on in his ministry, later on in his, uh, in his career, he got a bit proud. And one day, in his pride, he called his general in, and he says to his general, um, what about going out and counting how many soldiers we have in uniform? General says, who's a good friend, says, David, that's not a good idea. I sense a little bit of pride here. David says, no, no, I want you to go do it. So out he goes, and the general comes back, and, and Job says to him, he says, him, do you really want to know how many there is? David says, yes, I really want to know. And he says, there's 1.3 million armed, uniformed soldiers. As soon as he said it, something pricked in the heart of David, and he knew he'd made a mistake. He knew he had allowed pride to come into his heart, and, and, and this massive blunder, you, you read about this story in 1 Samuel 24. You should read it and find out the awful, catastrophic results of pride. All right, that cost him a lot. I haven't time to go into the story. After this all happens, he, he's sitting one day, and he sees the presence of God in a little tent, the Ark of the Covenant, and he says, I know, I have a good idea. I'll make amends for that big pride issue. I'll build a house to God. He goes to God. He says, I'm going to build your house, God. says, great idea, only you're not going to build it. Remember, 
you're a fighter, you've got blood in your hands, you're a bloody king, you won't be able to build it. But I'll tell you what I'll do, David, I'll let your son build it. Brilliant idea. He says, well, I'll gather the finances. He gets before the people and he says, come on, we're going to build a house to the Lord and all of you are going to give. We're going to put links upstairs and we're going to do all this and you're all going to give to it. And everybody looked at him like you're looking at me right now. And, uh, and, and, and then David thought, all right, I'm going to have to motivate this crowd. And, and David said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll start the ball rolling, and I'll give out of my treasure. This is what he gave. He gave 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver. All the iron and the wood and all couldn't actually be weighed or measured. Such was the gift he gave. And then he supplied all the all the tradesmen to do it as well. Pretty cool, that Warwick, isn't it? You could cope with that. And, and, and this, is, this is the thing. And the people got so impressed because somebody took the initiative. Somebody jumped off the fence and said, let's do it. They all jumped in. And actually, the story goes that they had to cause, whoa, 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 don't give any more. We can't cope with nowhere to put it. Imagine the church doing that. Don't bring any more at the minute. We're just too much. This is what happened in this story. All because somebody got motivated and realized there was another world that they could live in. There's a world that this here, given a minimum of 10% into the kingdom, actually opens you to a world of supernatural supply that you would have no other way of knowing. And you could live your comfortable life. And this isn't a plea for money, by the way. We have a great giving church. You are the most extravagant givers I've ever faced. So this, isn't, this, is, this is about you. It's not that we need the money. You can't not do without living in this world. I would hate you to get home to heaven and find out that you missed this world. This is a great world. Last story really quickly. We have four minutes left. Um, last story really quick is uh, roll the clock on now a few thousand years and you have a guy who quite early in his ministry when he's 30 years of age, um, I, I, I'm there. Yeah, here. He makes a statement like this here. He makes a statement, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. And he tells us this incredible thing here. He says that if you give, it will be given to you. Look at the language of this here. Look at what it says. It says it'll be given to you. It'll be pressed down. Isn't that amazing? It'll be pressed down. It'll be good measure. It'll be shaken together. It will be running over and, and it'll be put right into your lap. Like, it doesn't get much simpler than that. Sure it doesn't. Like, that's pretty cool. Press down, running over, coming together. And, and by the way, if you just sit still, I'll just land it all in your lap. It's incredible, incredible. This, this world, that if you can allow yourself to enter this world that I'm trying to um, tell you in a few minutes this morning, and it was this man who, early on in his ministry, made this statement like this, and I'm going to build my church, the gates of hell. Imagine this guy doing this. And for all the views that exist of Jesus around the world, he is still by far the, the most important person who has ever lived in history. And here we are, 2,000 years later, sitting in Emmanuel Lurgan, and we are the church. Billions of people over the years on planet Earth have, have, have worshipped worshiped him as King and Savior and Lord, and he's the most, because he just couldn't sit in a fence. He couldn't, he, the, God just couldn't let this all go by. And so Jesus, we know, brutally murdered, kneeled to a cross, hands and feet, Three days later, he rose from the dead. It's confirmed by 500 people over that. And as a result of the miraculous events, 
3,000 people got saved and baptized in one day. Religious leaders tried to stomp out Jesus' followers, but many chose to die rather than, rather than believe this nonsense that he didn't exist. And within a hundred years, listen to this, people throughout the Roman Empire, throughout Asia Minor and Europe, became followers of Jesus in 325 AD. The following of Jesus' Christianity became the official religion under the Roman Emperor um, Constantine. Within 500 years, all of Greece's temples and Greek gods were transformed into churches that followed Jesus. And although some of these messages and teachings were diluted and miscommunicated to the expansion of religious institutions, Jesus' original words in life still speak loudly for themselves. I will build my church. We are the church. And you've got to decide what you can do because according to my eye over the last number of years, we are the hands and feet. We are the voice. We are the things that make the difference. And there's something amazing. If you, I, I, I looked this up. Google's a wonderful thing. Um, according to a research center survey in 2011, there were 2.2 billion Christians around the world in 2011. That's up from 600 million in 1910. So in 100 years, the church has grown by 1.5 billion now, if you estimate that in pro rata over a yearly basis, the church has grown by 15 million people a year. Now, I, I think that, that deserves a voice, and that deserves to be listened to, 15 million people per year. They reckon at this moment in time, 2.7 million people are dropping out of other religions every year to follow Christ. 2.7 million. That's incredible. And so they're just... My question to you as we do mornings like this to promote the cause, what can you give? What can you do to promote the cause of Christ in our town, in Lurgan, in Craig Evan? What can you do? What can you give? How can you serve? How can you give? How can you up your prayer life? How can you get involved in smaller groups to become the person that God has called you to be and to allow yourself to get into a world that only this can enter you into? You'll never pay your way you never pay your way into this. You, you just won't do it, all right? This is, the, this is the sea world of supernatural supply. Now, I'm done. Tasha's going to come. Uh, let me just say this. Um, uh, one of my favorite movies by far is the movie Far and Away at uh, Tom Cruise, and it's one of those sort of epic, romantic, highly inspiring movies about the early pioneers claiming their land. And one of the, one of the moving scenes is is where they actually have to claim their plot and they all line up and they can't go until the bugle goes and when the bugle goes, they all go. And people are, like, they're getting, people are getting trampled to death in this. <laughs> Some lose their lives, but the pioneer spirit says, I'd rather die trying than stay where I am. <laughs> and God's people are pioneers, they're not settlers. Settlers say, let's stay. Pioneers say, let's go. Let's go. So we're going to go, all right? 2019, we're going to go. We're going to go, Susie? Good, let's do it. All right, thanks, Tash. Bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.